If you could go back in time and give yourself some advice, I wonder what it would be. We often look back with hindsight and say, if only I had. But my next guest on this show today is Matt Cox. He says if he could go back and give us some advice, it'd be believe in yourself, never give up, push yourself forwards. When he was younger, he was labelled slow. He was put, put in a special needs group at school and told to go and do the extra work. He was given extra time for things. It then took him seven attempts to pass his maths in college, but eventually found a way. He found a tutor who could teach in the way that he learned, who could adapt his style to help Matt understand what he needed to do to get the pass he needed. And I think if you listen to Matt, you'll understand that as a 44-year-old, he's achieved an awful lot more than many other people. So that word slow definitely doesn't apply to this guy. He's been out there and done it. And as you come about listening to this show now, Listen to what you could do differently. How could you learn differently? How could you lead differently? And what choices might you need to make in your life for the future? And what help could you give your children or those around you to help them do things differently? Because that's what Matt has strived to do all the way through his career. As an entrepreneur, as a coach, as a business person, he's pushed himself out there. And his new book is around the courage to learn differently. And I hope from this show now, you learn differently, take some actions and make some difference. As always, let me know what you think. Let me know what actions you might want to take. And as Matt also says, having a coach alongside him would be the biggest piece of advice you'd give. So when you need support, give us a call because that's what we do as well. This podcast isn't about selling what we do, it's about educating. So just listen, learn, take action. Let us know how you get on. Enjoy the show. Welcome back to the Sparks Bagening Podcast. I'm Phil Rose, your host, and today I'm delighted to be joined by Matt Cox. Matt Cox is an author, a cohesive coach. He's written a book, which we're going to talk about, called The Courage to Learn Differently. And his business is around helping people have the courage to lead differently. He also is a podcast host, so when I'm sitting here asking him questions, I know that actually he's got his other hat on because he runs a purpose-driven person show. And as you know from this podcast, we're all about purpose and how do we help business owners drive their purpose with ambition to scale, I always talk about. But at the end of the day, it's all about people, and we want to engage people around what purpose is. So, Matt, welcome to the Sparks Bagnium Show. Oh, thank you. It's good to be here for Thank you. Now, when we were talking just now, you mentioned this thing about you said you're a cohesive coach. And I was going to delve into that because I think that's fascinating just in terms of that that phrase there. What does being a cohesive coach mean? Well, we came up with it um, through our consulting company, MC Training, and we thought, you know, one of the pieces uh, that we see in any business, if you're a leader, entrepreneur, is chaos to cohesiveness, like getting your culture from a chaos kind of environment because when you're an entrepreneur trying to lead everybody everybody's going in different directions in a small business and then when you add more people the complexity gets even worse mm. and so what we come in and do is is help you run good meetings help you set up systems to create that cohesiveness yeah. and also to help the visionary and the integrator so helping define the visionary sometimes is not a good CEO. The one that, that founded the company usually is not the best in that seat. So we help you structure that a little bit too. So that's what it means by being a cohesive yeah. coach is get some clarity, you know, get get the chaos out of your organization. Yeah, and I love that because obviously, you know, as people move through their lives, you know, chaos chaos grows because actually put it next to more, you know, more than one person in a business becomes more complex and it's trying to get that balance. Okay. I see that all the time. I've just been with a, a client this morning uh, in the UK, and we've been working most of the day actually talking about this growing business. Uh, and you can just see the complexity growing. And at the moment, they're still a startup. They're only nine months old as a business. 
But even now, this complexity is growing as they've got contracts coming in and new orders and new people brought on. It's, this, uh, it's not co co completely chaos yet, but actually you can just see down the line, chaos is growing. Um, yes. So I love that. And tell me, when, when we talked before, actually, there's a, there's a whole load of questions which I've got here. And we always say for this podcast, it's about the conversation rather than about me interviewing you. But there's a whole load of things you and I talked about before, which I, I really want to delve into in terms of you know, looking at your backstory. Because I think there's a really interesting piece there, which is why we and you connected originally in terms of what got you to where you are now, Matt? Because actually, when I listen to some of the things you told me, you know, you've, you've, done, you've done amazingly well. And at some stage in life, you were told you wouldn't do so well. So you, you, you kicked the bucket out and you said, hey, look, I'm going to make things different. Can you just talk yeah. me about that story of the, the Matt Cox from, from then to now? Yeah, so my, my messy story here or the backstory is I grew up in a small town, very small town, and uh, with uh, seven siblings well i'm one of the seven and then we in, inherited another five so all together 12 of us uh was was a pretty interesting childhood it, real fun uh good parents uh my father passed away when i was 10 so we lost him and then my mom raised us um and that's when we inherited the five as step siblings and and so early on in my schooling i found out that i had what was i wasn't normal i didn't think the way the kids thought um, i remember coming to school for the first time i was just i was an emotional kid where i filled things i didn't normally think that so when i remember walking in first grade and i saw my first grade teacher and uh, miss matthew she had a big stripe down her hair very tall short hair and i thought she was prilla deville uh, from 101 <laughs> dalmatians and Kind of hid, and then later on in that school career, they they told my mom I was um, behind in the class, and they did tons of tests, and they labeled me slow. I didn't know what that meant. Um, I, I felt I could run as fast as anybody on the soccer field. Uh, my brain felt normal, uh, but I started noticing, like when it came to English and and writing, I wasn't keeping up with everybody, and English started looking like Japanese to me. Um, and I couldn't phonetically spell. And so they then later diagnosed me in high school for what was called a processing disorder, or we would know attention deficit, people call it. Um, and so, you know, and the, the executive brain, part of the brain where it organizes things, uh, mine has what's called a six lane highway. It kind of thinks a little fast. I don't have the hyperactive part. Okay. People forget that there's ADD and ADHD. I have ADD. Okay. And with that, people forget, um, they don't understand that either depression or anxiety comes with that with kids that have ADD or adults. And I suffered from a lot of anxiety growing up. So it was a lot of uh, overwhelming feelings. And so throughout my whole school year, our school career, it was not a fun time. I remember getting bullied all the time because I was in, uh, we call them here in the States, uh, special ed classes. Or yeah. um, So we had to go to these classes and you know, other kids thought we were the dumb kids. And um, I was, I was pretty, pretty, I, I was nice. Everybody liked me in school. Mm -hmm. So I always protected the kids in that class. I always said, Hey, leave them yeah. alone. And then I played on sports. Um, so I was on the soccer team or the football team. Um, so I was a good, I, I, I learned early, early on in my life that I could mold or I learned how to be a chameleon and I try to hide that disability. Interesting. So I was never really true to myself. And 
so you know i i think it was till i had one teacher that set me down and says look matt you have a choice uh either be a victim to it or do something different and he was a, wow. he was my biology teacher in my they called a teacher of record that was over my education as a special mm -hmm. ed kid and he was just a great teacher and then i had another one unfortunately um, I remember sitting in high school, it was before I graduated. She said, Matt, you'll never graduate. Uh, you're going to struggle. Wow. And, and, and I look back on it, her, her intent was Phil is just to keep me from uh, experience failure. Yeah. And, okay. Yeah. And at 44 now looking back on it, I think my disability, I look at it now as a gift. I'll, I'll be honest. I, yeah. I've had to change my perspective in it. One, it's kept me humble. It's yeah. taught me to ask for help. Okay. And it taught me to think outside the box. Um, I think if I would be very academic driven, and this is just my take on it, I'd be a pretty ego driven person. Um, and so this has kept me humble because yeah. I have other gifts. I have other talents yeah. that I've heightened. Um, so, and then just jumping forward, I, I did go to college. Um, I barely made it through high school, but I, I went to college. In my freshman year, I flunked out seven times in my math class. Wow. I couldn't pass. Oh. Yeah, it was, it was frustrating. I, I think it, there was so many times I, <laughs> I sat in the corner and cried because it was just so frustrating. And um, yeah. finally, I, found, I learned, and this is where I think my skill set came in. I learned I had to be adaptive. And so I started asking, and I went around and started interviewing all the math teachers. Isn't that funny? I says, hey, I'm gonna, I want to interview you. And I had to interview them because I wanted to see if they were my teaching style. Um, wow. I found, yeah, I found one, Mr. Bowler. He was a lawyer, really fun guy. So I took him only one class in the summertime. And he, he taught the way I needed. And I passed mm -hmm. it with a C- and moved on. And, wow. and I, got a, I got a bachelor's in, in film because um, <laughs> I, I think I changed my career about five times because... <laughs> go down one I wasn't good in math my disability affected my reading and writing okay. so today I read, I read at a fourth grade level today and write at a you know I don't read or write at a at a college level uh, my ninth grade my uh, sixth grade grade year old son spells better than me and um, and so I, I've learned that that's okay it, yeah. it's not doesn't define that I'm smart I, I I've been very successful in business. Um, I ended up getting a bachelor's in film. Wow. Uh, so I learned how to make movies and, and then my master's is in public administration. That was, I did really well in that one because it was more theory. It was more concepts, which I, I think I did well. So yeah, pretty, pretty stressful situation. My turning point in my life was just, I sat on the step in high school and I says, man, I'm, I'm done being a victim to this. And and I decided I didn't want it. I, my whole purpose in life, I was going to help individuals not feel the way I did growing up. And, and, I love that. and, and, and there's, there's so much in that, man. You know, just there's a really emotional story there. But, you know, I, I listened to that story and, you know, and you've told me a bit about that before, but it still, you know, it still gets my emotions going. Because I think, you know, this thing, you know, your father passing at 10, the teacher pulling you aside, and, and then you, you're making that determination to go through, but people telling you you're different. And telling yeah. you, you, know, you had to, to do things differently, but then you learn to hide your disability by coming up with other techniques to make these work for you. So there's something there. But the bit I love there is one teacher said to you, you can either be a victim or you can do something differently. 
Yeah. I think there's a real fascinating piece there. And, you know, we all, we all know, we all talk about that worldwide, you know, in terms of that one teacher who spots that talent and said, it's up to you. But what I love yeah. about your teacher there is saying, Matt, you've got a choice. You can go this path or you can go this path. It's up to you. And you yeah. choose to do things differently for, for whatever reason it was, something triggered in you to do that. Um, so I love that in terms of that driving yourself forwards. Yeah, I have a saying I usually tell when I coach individuals, they say, okay, so what now? What What are you going to do about it? Because um, at the end of the day, it's choice, right? It's, it's I can choose to be that broken individual or I can choose to be in height. And I learned in college, my talent was I, I went to my department head. Uh, he was a public speaker and I took public speaking and uh, I says, hey, I want to be a professional public speaker. And he and then I explained because I every class I had to give him my my ADA accommodations um, to give me um, extra time on tests or something. So when he he looked at me, he says, Matt, it's hard. You, you, you know, with your disability, it might be hard to do that. Mm-hmm. And I said, OK. And then it was funny, Phil, because at the end of that semester, I was the top public speaker in his class. And he asked me to do the closing speech for the whole semester. Wow. So it. It, and it happened in my film class too. The film teacher kind of gave me some hard times. And then at the end of the film class, he asked me to help him uh, be a part of making a, a film with him. Because wow. um, mine, mine's not writing, but I, I'm a very big visionary. I see things, mm-hmm. I can predict things. I'm a good predictor. Uh, I think what the gift was given is I can kind of see trends. And most entrepreneurs are that way. If you see all the entrepreneurs, they have some sort of... Uh, like Elon Musk, Hmm. you you know, we all know kind of on that Asperger scale. Um, Bill Gates, same thing. Uh, Even uh, Brinson uh, from uh, uh, Virgin Mobile and Virgin Virgin Air, he's Hmm. highly ADHD, it's just obvious. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, and actually true is it, you know, he's dyslexic as as well. That's another thing which he's he's played to his strengths over the years as well. It's fascinating, isn't it? It's this thing about... You know, uh, you yeah. push yourself there. But I, I, I love this how you said that you need to find your gifts. And you often hear when you talk to people um, about people looking for their gifts and finding that. But some people don't recognize it or they're not given the opportunity to recognize what those gifts are. So they just find their way in life. But they never really identify what it is. But I, what I hear there is you've done that. You know, when you talk about becoming the top public speaker uh, and then you're, you're, you, you get invited to do these other things. So there's something there in terms of your own character, which is really giving you that push forward. And that brings me full circle into that, you know, looking at your purpose now, your purpose as an individual, because you've become really clear about that over time, which is why you, do, you, why you run your purpose-driven podcast show, why you run your business now. So, so when did that purpose come to mind for you? When did you realize, hey, this is what I'm here for? Um, it was in college and towards the end of my, when I graduated, um, I started working with a company that would help people with emotional growth seminars. And I remember sitting through some of them, I went through a few. I've always been, always working on myself, you know, self-development, reading. Even though I struggle at reading, it's a blessing to have Audible now. Um, listen I, read a book, yeah. I listen to a book a month. I make sure as a coach, I got to be, if I'm going to help people, I better be learning, right? I better be having the knowledge because yeah. half the time my people I coach, they don't read. So I have to read for them and help them break it down. <laughs> And in the concepts, I'll say, read this book, and they don't. But my turning point was in college. I was sitting in my room, mm-hmm. 
I kind of hit a wall and I remember taking um, a dry eraser marker. I don't know if you remember the, the yeah, yeah. behind me. And I started, I had a huge closet mirror. I don't know if you've seen those mirrors or closets. They're the sliding mirrors. Yeah, I can picture um, that. And I started writing on it. I just drew a circle and I put my purpose and I, I started drawing kind of like when you do a paper, you do all the bubbles. And I was trying to connect it. And in the middle, I put my purpose. It says, I want to help people. I want to help people find their purpose. And I didn't know what that looked like to make a living with it. And I was, and I remember I was just at a turning point and I wrote it down and I says, I'm going to write a book. And this was like, this is, this is when I was in my twenties, I'm 44 now. And I'm, I was just, I I look back on it and I'm everything I wrote on that mirror I've done. Um, I I said, I'm going to write a book. I'm going to make a business, going to have a successful family, a, a beautiful wife. And, and at that point in my life, I was just like, how's all this going to happen? So if you can imagine that mirror fill, I just filled it up. There was a middle bubble that said, help people find purpose. And then I put all these bubbles around it, all the hats I was wearing mm-hmm. and, and all my future bubbles I wanted. And, and then I, I put a filter and I says, how do I live my life? And I created five purposes or five values. Tell me more. That sounds um, good. Yeah. And I have, and I have them. I usually... You know, I, I have my five values that I live by and I filter every decision through those values. So in business, in my personal life, and, and I teach this to my high performers because you can start kind of shaving away all that waste of time, you know, as a business owner. Hey, it doesn't mean my values. I don't need to do that business still because everybody feels they're missing opportunities all the time. Mm-hmm. And I, what I've learned is it's okay to miss them. I don't need it. You know, I only have 100% in my life. And I can only give so many percentages away. Yeah. So when someone says, hey, do this, Bitcoin is the thing right now. I says, not for me right now. I'm okay. Yeah. Um, I don't need to be over focused. So I learned that that was when the turning point occurred. And I just apply it now moving forward. It's just my purpose. How am I doing it? And then I just kind of move forward on that. Yeah, I love that. So, so that values, you know, a lot of people don't get clear on their values. Or if they are clear on their values, they're very fuzzy at the beginning and they become clear over time. Um, and I think this word purpose is really clear as well. You know, we've often talked about having a clear why and you know, there's lots of blogs out there and Google um, articles and YouTube videos on people finding a purpose. And you know, people will Google it and find about why, what, and how, or why, how, why, what, why, how, and what, if you talk about Simon Sinek's work. Um, but your values in that case, as a, as a young 20 year old, and I look back on that and think, yeah, as a young 20 year old, if only I had done my values at that time. Have those values remained true all the way through your last 20 years? Um, yeah, they some have changed um, or evolved, but yeah, I'd say majority of them have stayed the same. Oh, it's okay. kind of yeah. like one of the things is integrity. Okay. I always live off, um, you know, making sure in, in uh, grit. I have one of my values is grit. And oh. then one of my other values is just um, uh, having meaning. You know, what is the meaning in it? You know, and then family is one of my big values, family first. Yeah, and anything it and have how, and I've had to really always focus on that value as a business owner, as an entrepreneur. I had to put the phone away, give my little ones attention. Uh, and you because know, too few people make that decision or make it early enough, and they're too busy doing, doing, doing to think about family as everything. So family first is one of your one of your key drivers. I I think that's probably a a big one. I I coach with my high performers because they don't know how to do family balance life. 
life family balance because they come in they're on the phone it wasn't till and i was i'm guilty of it i was really bad at it at, at, at the early part of my entrepreneuring I sucked at as a, a leader and entrepreneur at the beginning. I had to learn it. I hope everybody hears that. I mean, it's when I get a leader thinking they're, they're like the best and nobody can teach him. I says, Oh, you're in trouble. Um, because if a leader thinks they can't learn from another leader or coach, yeah. um, I, I tell any entrepreneur or any business owner, let them go. Don't, don't bring them onto your leadership team because mm-hmm. every leader needs to be devolving and, and I remember when my little five-year-old at the time, it was, he's older now, but he goes, daddy, you're always on the phone. <laughs> and, and, and you always say that, you know? And so, mm-hmm. uh, so it really hit. So I now try to plug my phone, leave it on the desk, go out and play basketball. Uh, you got it on. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's sad when you hear that, isn't it? Cause when the five-year-old says, daddy, you're always on the phone. I think that, that there's something in that. Cause we hear that so often for business leaders, but they, they forget about what's valuable to them. I, you know, I'm a, I'm a big family man person. You know, I, I look at my values and say, okay, what's clear to me? And when I do my personal planning, uh, and people on this podcast will have heard me talk about before, I talk about family, fitness, and fun as three of my elements. There's another three as well, but family, 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 fitness, because I want to be able to be fit to support my family and myself as I get older. I've always been fit, but actually that's one of the key things. So I can run around with the kids and do stuff. Not that I can run as fast as them as anymore, but, you know, doing this thing. But fun overrides that as well. Because I think, you know, if I'm not having fun, don't do it. And I think for me, that's the key. So family, fitness, and fun. And then there's three others that go with that as well. But to me, those are key there. So if my, you know, I look at my kids now and they're, they're 19 and um, 16, you know, you summarize it, they grow up so quickly. And actually, if you're not putting the effort into them, you're missing out a lot of time. But it takes some time to realize it because, you know, it's only when the kids are grown up, you realize, I wish I'd spent more time with them in most cases. And I think to have that as a value as family first early on, to me, that's music to my ears. Yeah. And, and as an early entrepreneur, it was tough. I had to really understand what that value meant to me when mm-hmm. I wrote it. And it, and I, it evolved because, and it doesn't matter if you, and one I want to make clear too, some entrepreneurs don't have family and they're just single. And they, they're all about making money. But I love what you said, then fit and fun or giving. You got to, you got to give back. And I, I usually teach my young, young ones that, family's not their focus, but I says, okay, what are you doing to give back? What are you doing to, um, you know, cause even, uh, Warren Buffett says that, you know, you gotta, when you're given a lot, you gotta give a lot. So it's, it's, yeah. a, it's a principle of, uh, prosperity is that when you, uh, earn and you do become successful, you gotta give back. You gotta, you gotta pay that back and forth, but yeah, values, I, I tell you, Phil values are the key. Mm-hmm. Um, because I see I've, I've had to deal with people that kind of say they have the values, but they don't. And that's always the worst. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah. And I think it's really interesting isn't it? because a lot of people don't understand what those values mean. And you know, even in business, we hear about values. But to me, yeah. the bit that's really important is, you know, you use the word integrity. Integrity is one of my values. But there's a behavior that sits below that. And these are the things you do. And I always think it's, it, it sums up what expectations you have. You know, if I use the word integrity, it means about doing what, doing what I say I'm going to do. But then I set my expectations. Okay, this is what it means to me. This is how doing what I say I'm going to do shows up. But also they just have an expectation with someone else because you might have integrity and you might say, hey, Phil, it's different from me, but I'm, it's still integrity means things. So just getting real clear about what it means to you and what behaviors we put in place to bring that value to life. Because otherwise integrity or grit or meaning, they're just words. But behind that, there's real sense of 
power, behaviors, doing things, the way you show up, the way you get out of bed in the morning, all that type of stuff, stuff, type of stuff comes out, I think. Yeah, I think it's just your passion. What, what do you do when you hit the floor every day? What, what makes you get up and be excited? And do you love the people you work with? Or do, do you love the people that you're doing business with? Because at the end of the day, it's miserable. Even if you own the business and you don't love what you're doing, I, I've heard so many entrepreneurs start something. And uh, there, there's a point of, hey, when do I say this is enough? And and move on if, if it's not something I've, I've had to help a lot of entrepreneurs do that where they say hey i'm just miserable i'm making lots of money but i'm not happy what i'm doing yeah. i says well there's a million other things you can do and you only have about thirty thousand days in your life if if you are a healthy person so don't waste them you know yeah, well, money is yeah money's not always the direction purpose and in victor frankel he's one of my favorite authors man's search for meaning he talks about this he says you know have a great cause. Make sure that cause is bigger than you. Money will follow. Yeah. Um, I, I've met doctors when I was growing up and in, in, in going to college. I met doctors in the ER that spent 10s and 20 years in school and they hated their job. They hated being a doctor. But they said, what else can I do? I put all my time into this. And I says, well, you're smart. Go start something. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. um, you're still young. <laughs> and I love that. Have a great call. You know, Victor Frankl, and I come back to Man's Search for Meaning a lot of the time for when I'm yeah. working, and I still think it's you know, a really valuable book. And, and there's two things you said that which really resonated with me. One is that you've got 30,000 days. Don't waste them. Hey, look, that's already, you know, great most of it. But actually that have a great cause, money will follow. Because I think, you know, I always say that if you go chasing the money, yes, you might achieve that. But what life is it going to lead to? What is it? What's the sole reason for doing it? Um, and sometimes I think people need to lead differently because too many businesses in the last 20 years, maybe have been set up for money, monetary purposes only. Hey, and I'm not averse to many people making money, but it's what they can do with it at the end of the day. You know, I, I always say from my perspective, my business is about helping people transform their business, transform their life. And I say I work commercially and culturally. And I could come into any business and make it more successful, revenue up, cost down, make more money. But do you know what the real benefit is? It's the culture side first and foremost, because then you'll make more money long-term, but you can have a nicer place to work you're going to do something good for society. You're going to be more fulfilled. And at the end of the day, that's the bit you can look back and say, I did a great job. Not I made loads of money because at the end of the day, as someone said to me recently, and I have no idea how to verify these facts, anything more than 70,000 a year. And actually, what do you do with it anyway? Yeah. So actually, you want to look at it. But the, the, this thing about leading differently, you also talked to me about courage to lead differently. And then we want to talk about your book as well, because I think there's some really powerful bits in there. Tell me about this courage to lead differently because you've talked some bits in there just now, but tell me about that process and what that means to you. Yeah, so the courage to lead differently, what we did is we got together. I created a company called MC Training, and it's it's a consulting company. It comes in and helps your company go from chaos to cohesiveness. And we we took a lot of systems. There's a lot of systems. I, I love one system I use um, as an operating system, and so we kind of use that. Yeah, US worldwide, it's a good system. It comes yeah. in, teaches structure. But what I found is I, I, I needed a little bit more uh, personal stuff, you know, helping you identify. So in our courage to lead differently, the first thing is just identifying your people, like you said, uh, doing a deep dive, knowing their leadership styles, knowing their personality styles. A lot of these other operation systems, they'll do it, they'll touch on it, but they don't make it the forefront. And mm -hmm. I think in the culture, you got to know who you work with. Yeah. And you got it because your, your culture defines who leads. And then the second piece of it is just transformation, vision, 
purpose and clarity, you know, have that vision, have that purpose. So the first one is, you know, we, we help them get that structure. Then we really dive into um, helping them see their vision and purpose. Yeah. I, I, I had a client um, recently, they just said, Hey, I don't even have core values for the company. I was like, Oh, wow. But he's a true entrepreneur. He just was him. He started it. He just forgot to go back and do that part. So it's been fun to help them clarify yeah, lovely. that. Lovely. Yeah. And the last piece is implementation, accountability, and results. Yeah. And so what, what, what those three things, and it doesn't, one's not put in for the, you know, I can start with accountability first. So when I come in as a cohesive coach, what I do is I say, Oh, we need to get this system going. You have no system. Let's, let's start there. Yeah. And then we start really working. And there's three things uh, I really focus on as a people plan. I said, Hey, do you have a people plan? And what does that mean? Proximity. You know, Tony Robbins talks about that. You know, a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of leaders. I have one in, in my leadership. He's my partner. He's very high green, which is very intellectual. He has a hard time doing the proximity. He hates meetings. I always have to encourage him. I says, you got to meet with your people. You got to yeah. have that. Keep the circles connected. Yes. So that proximity, that health plan. And then number two is, is the health plan. How healthy is your organization? Yeah. And health is, I think, uh, um, health advantage. The advantage is by Lynn Sioni, yeah. um, Patrick yeah. Sioni. Great book. And it really talks about how to create a healthy organization. And then the last one is, is, um, is results, which I love using EOS. I help people implement that, you know, do self implementing. Uh, I'm not an implementer. I don't care to be one. I just, yeah. Hey, if you want to use that system, I'll help you. If you yeah. want to use another system, I'll help you. Cause it's whatever operating system you use. You just need to use one. That's what I always tell them. Get, get it clear. So that's, that's the courage to lead differently. I love that in terms of very simple, you know, people transformation implementation, really three, three clear things. And within each one of those three or four steps that you can just work on straight away. And I, I love that you know, in terms of simplicity, that's the thing that works. But also what you're saying there is, you know, helping people identify where do you start? Because actually, it doesn't matter where you start. You start where the biggest need is at the time, whether it's transformation or whether it's implementation or people, because you need to cover all bases eventually. Yeah. But I think there's, there's something that sits behind this in terms of this purpose-driven piece again, because the type of people you're doing with, those are these entrepreneurs who want to drive their business forward. They've got other reasons for doing it. Um, so how do you find clients who want this type of service? Because actually, that's one of the things that most consultants struggle with in certain areas. Where'd you find me? Um, I do a lot of uh, networking with my current business and yeah. I run into him. I just have a casual conversation and, and I usually just kind of, Hey, if you need something, uh, it's always about relationships. I think it's like some of my clients, I've known them for years yeah. and I just start chatting with them. I says, Hey, let me come in and show you what I can do. Um, because for me right now in my life, it's a, it's a passion. It's, it's not something I need to do. Um, but I just, I've kind of semi-retired and I, I says, Hey, I want to, I want to go back and do this. Cause I want to help. Cause I knew as an entrepreneur, how stressful it was. And I wish I would have had somebody guiding me. And so, so how I find them is I just, you know, when I'm networking, I, I have a little digital card. He says, Hey, call me when you need something. And, and usually they'll call and start talking. I says, well, why don't you just hire me? You know, I'll come in. I'll, and I, I have another partner that coaches with me, coach Burnside. Rusty Burnside, he's a, he's part of my organization. So he does a lot of the coaching, very passionate guy. Um, so with both of us, we just kind of, we're building out coaches. And so we find them by networking 
uh, social media, there's so much noise fill. I mean, there's yeah. so much information. I, I've bought so many programs as a leader that were, it, I'll, I'll just be honest, that was junk. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, even from gurus, yeah, I won't say names, but even from the big gurus, I bought like online courses. They're supposed to be great, but they know, Phil, and this is something I hope leaders hear me. They know you're not going to finish the program online. They know 90% of people will not finish. It's it's a bait and switch and they're going to mm -hmm. upsell you. So what I encourage um, leaders is hire a coach. If it's not us, hire Phil, hire whoever get somebody that's going to guide you because all that online stuff is here's what i i love gary v yeah he's yeah just, he says there's so many entrepreneurs that have never entrepreneured anything never done it at all yeah they're just all talking no 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 background yeah, and that's the social media world today there's so many youtubers and so many coaches that have done nothing they're just selling you an online system that they've copied and pasted from somebody else and they're in their 20s. What are they going to teach you in 20s? I mean, hey, give or take, there's some successful Bitcoin people. But what, what are they going to teach you from struggles and failures? I, so I do, find a coach. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, you know, I love that as a bit of advice because, you know, at the end of the day, as a coach, I would say that. But my belief is it's the right thing to do. I had, I had, my, yep. first, I, I, I had my first coach when I was um, probably 26, 27, maybe 28. I don't know exactly what it was now. Um, and actually, I wish I'd had it earlier. You know, if I think about things I'd wish I had, and you said about, you know, you wish I'd, you had someone to guide you, because I think it does actually have that coach alongside you. And, you know, and we always talk about coaching. We talk about sports and having sports stars, having a coach alongside them. But actually, it's key. You've got to have someone there who can see stuff and stand on the sideline and give you a bit of advice, touch you, you know, this is where you do it differently one way or touch it in the other way or do something different. And it's only when you get someone else who can stand out there and see stuff you can't see. That's the key. Yeah. I, uh, I, I, um, I remember talking to a guy before and he said, you know, the best, best football coaches, talking about UK football, you know, it's the guy who can stand on the side of the pitch and see shit you can't see because you're in the middle of it all. And that's the key. Um, Strategy. It is, it is. Um, so, so this courage to lead differently, that's led you in that direction. You're coaching, you said that, you know, being an entrepreneur, you just found an avenue in to do that when someone was implementing these um, emotional programs before you got in there and did the coaching piece. But the key for you actually is about learning as well, isn't it? Come back to that yeah. full circle, because as you said, you struggled with learning, but you found you, you adapted your own systems. You came up with the, the Matt Cox way of doing it by going out and asking the other tutors, who did that your way? And then you found the one who could teach you and you came out with that C minus. But hey, that's all you needed. You'd failed five, seven times before, but you did it the eighth time. Yeah. So how does that work out? Because you and I talked about the book in terms of learning differently. And learning yes. with disabilities, because I think there's a big thing there because, you know, I can sit here as a coach and I can sit there on the, the sideline and help you grow your business. But actually, unless you've got somebody who's been there and seen it and can see the way you do it differently, because as you said, you've got a gift in the way you do things, but you recognize that. So how does yes. how to learn differently help you and other people move their business and their lives forward? Well, I wrote the book because of because growing up with the disability. So it's kind of a memoir it talks about my life growing up with it and then i've co-authored it with uh erica walking stick which uh she she and her husband wrote or was the was uh in charge of uh what's called true colors okay it's been around since 1978 like a personality style and so we came together and wrote it as i says you know one thing i said erica business or individuals with learning disabilities everybody has some sort of deficit like it doesn't matter if you have like mine's a reading 
Hmm. I can tell you when you see me write something, Phil, but every leader I've ever coached has some sort of deficit. It could be, they need to be less prideful. They need to be more um, empathetic. They need to be whatever it is. They got to learn. There's some sort of deficit they got in. So in this book, I took it and told my story of all the struggles because failure is the mother of all learning. Failure is going to teach you. Uh, Repetition is going to teach you not to do that again. But then I took the personality styles and taught parents within the book how to deal with kids with ADHD. How because normally school does, is not designed for kids like me. It's just it's for the greens and the gold kids. Um, that is really what school us orange out the side box thinkers, and also for us blues that are emotional. The school's just not for us. Wow. And so. So we, we struggle a lot. So this, this whole journey and how it applies to business people is, is that you, you need to know yourself. Like anybody that reads it, you're even as a business person, you'll get something out of it. Yeah. Um, cause, cause you, uh, what I've found is all entrepreneurs struggle some way of tension deficit or cause they're, we're, we're outside the box thinkers when you're an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. And if you have somebody kind of guide you and say, Hey, don't do that this is this is the results you're going to get or why are you doing that and um and and that's the coaching side of it so it's 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 been a it's took me 10 years to write it wow (laughs) and because what i can't write so i've had to have a ghost writer so um i had to hire a few of them it didn't go well so erica finally was was we 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 meshed well together so she helped me ghostwrite it and then we added her stuff. So it's a, it's a collaboration. So it's actually a workbook. It's mm-hmm. uh, about 209 pages and, and it really guides everybody. It has a lot of worksheets in it. And, and I love that. And I, you know, I, I'm not a, not a, uh, not familiar with True Colors, but you mentioned that about, you know, the green and gold kids and the blue and orange kids. So yeah. it's obviously you've got really real clarity around who this is aimed at. But it, yeah. you said before, it's helping the parents as well deal with it you know if i think about friends that i've got and whose children are you know either adhd or add or asperger's or autistic actually it's helping them understand how they make those things work for themselves so i think there's there's some real clarity i need to um i need to look into that further actually it's not something i know much about so i'm going to go and check out true colors a little bit just to um to see what other relevance we get there yeah she designed a new system in there in the book that she calls um she calls it um, she uses animals to define their personalities. So, um, so she had to kind of redesign it because they're not part of uh, true colors anymore. So, so some of the things you're talking about there in terms of, you know, this courage to learn differently, you've done it from experience. It's your, it's your memoir. It's taken you 10 years to write it. As you said, you know, you were labeled slow before, but actually you've gone out and done all these things. You've got to an age of 44 and you've done an awful lot more than most people have done in 44 years. So that label of slow actually doesn't apply is what I'm hearing there, because actually you've done things at pretty fast pace over the last 44 years. Um, if you were to go back now, you know, this is a question I, you often get asked or hear. Um, if you were to go back now and give that young Matt a bit of advice, what's the thing you would say to him at that time, you know, whatever age it was, what's the bit of advice you think, hey, you need to know this guy? Um, I would just tell him never give up, uh, push forward, and uh, yeah. believe in yourself when nobody else does and, and just, just change people's lives. That's what I tell them just to focus on be uh, and, and hire a coach early. <laughs> yeah, no, 
Uh, that's a great piece of advice. I'm going to go with that one. Matt, this has been a fascinating conversation. I know there's lots more there of the story, but um, in the time available, this has just probably touched the tip of the iceberg of the Matt Cox and, uh, uh, and what we need to do. So I'm, um, I'm looking forward to, to maybe having another conversation at some stage, um, find out a bit more about you. I'm actually going to be in Las Vegas in July, so um, I, I might come look you up in that case. July 4th, I land, so I'll be there. Glenn's going to dinner with us. We'll take you all out. I'd love to do that. We'll catch up and find out you really properly. It'd be good to talk out. Um, but uh, I really appreciate your time. It's been good to talk. Um, where can people find you if they want to find out a bit more? And I know you said about the Purpose Driven Purpose show, so I direct people to that. Um, any other references that we can put there? Yeah, you can go to my website, Matthew Leland Cox, L-E-L-A-N-D, -L Leland cox cox uh, com. that's my website you can require if you want to get a hold of me and also linkedin i'm i'm on linkedin you can get a hold of me through there we always put show notes and, out uh, on the shows yeah. as well so we'll stick those yeah. in there um but yeah if you all need to connect to you that's brilliant matt Cox. i love this conversation great journey and um i love those things never give up keep pushing believe in yourself what better advice than that thank you thank you Phil. i hope you've enjoyed listening to this podcast as much as i've enjoyed recording it this is just one of the great conversations I've had the privilege of being part of since I started recording the Sparks Baconian podcast. So please, go back and listen to some of the others. There's some great content in there, some great contributors. And also, while you're at it, please leave a review of this show with your comments, because that helps other people like you find this content. And we want to bring about the change that we really know matters to people. It helps us grow. And also, think about what actions you want to take because there's no point just listening passively. We want you to pick it up and do something with it. So what are the three key things you want to do? I can't hold you accountable, but if you want to, drop me a note, phil at igniumconsult.com. We're always keen to listen to what you have to say and actually introduce guests to us that you think will bring relevance to other people. We wish you well. Give us a call. Let us know what you think. Give us a review. Thank you.